chapter 14. Amen? Now, let, let's, let's turn to John chapter 14, but let me also um, put out, first of all, the simplicity of, of, of what I believe needs to be said tonight. All right, let me, let me preach the end in the beginning. Is that okay? See if I could put a whole message in about like two sentences first. So that no matter what happens, you're the God knows, and you got those two sentences, then fine. <laughs> Amen? And then we can spend the rest of the night on that. How is that? Is that okay? And it is this. Um, it is, you and I have a new life. And you and I live in a new place. How would you like that? I mean, have a new life, living in a new place, which leads to the question of how do I um, walk in that life and how do I walk in that place? In other words, um, if you were to put a title in this, it would be something like, you have a new life, or rather, living this new life and, in, and, and living in this new place. Something like that. Amen? All right? And how do you do that? Well, the how is going to be simple, quite frankly. But as for the new life, it is the life of Christ. As for the new place, it's the place that he's prepared for us. It is the place at his right hand. It is the place that we've ascended to. It is the new and living way. A new way in which we are living. That we enter through by virtue of the blood yes. and the veil of a stone, which is his body, his flesh. Amen. So that's the new, that's the living way, that is the place, and the, the life is this new life that we have, which is the life of Christ. How do we live it? The Bible says that I'm crucified, that you and I, we're crucified with Christ, nevertheless we live. Nevertheless, not us, not you, not me, but it is Christ that liveth in me. Amen. And this life that I live, it's the life of Christ. But it also says that I live it by the faith, faith of the Son of God. So how, do I gonna, how am I going to live this life? By faith. How am I going to walk in this place? We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Amen? Yes. So, so there is a whole message. <laughs> right? You got a new life. You live in a new place. Yes. Right? And we do it all by faith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So turn with me to John chapter 14. Let's begin there. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Even as you're turning there, here's a very interesting um, verse of scripture. Now, it might be, I'm just pulling the verse out, which is in Isaiah 35 and verse 8. A highway shall be there. I like that. A highway, not a low way. A highway. How much higher can you get than that place where we have ascended to that is far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion Amen. and every name that is named? That's right. A highway. Mm -hmm. A highway shall be there and a way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The Bible says that by the sacrifice of Christ, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14, by that one offering, we have been we, by that one offering, we'll be perfected forever. By that one offering, he is perfected forever them that are sanctified, them that are consecrated, them that are separated unto him, them that are now his. We are the redeemed of the Lord. 
And the Bible says in, in Colossians 1 and I believe verse 22 that in his sight, in his sight, we are what? Holy, without blame, without reproach. And it says as for this new man and this new life, this new man, put on this new man, which is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. So this is going to, this, this highway, this highway, this way it's called the way of holiness. <coughs> the unclean shall not pass over it. Now, I don't know about you, are you unclean? No. Anybody here unclean? No. Let's straighten it out before we go any further. <laughs> well, thank God for the blood of the Lord Jesus. Yes. Such were some of you, but we've been washed. We've been cleansed. We've been sanctified by the blood and by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? So the unclean will not pass over it. In fact, in that place, there is no remembrance of sin. Because the sins and iniquities, I will remember what? No more. There is no record of, that, of the sin. There is no accuser there to accuse us either. He's been cast out. Amen? So if there's any accusation coming... It's got, it, 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 it's, 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 God is not hearing it, neither should you. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, those, those fools shall not err, but the redeemed of the Lord shall walk in it. So in John chapter 14, Jesus said, you know, it talks about the fact that there were one time when we were enemies, we were without God. We were aliens from the, from the commonwealth of Israel. We were aliens from the covenants of promise. We were without God. In fact, we were walking according to the prince of the power of the air. That spirit of disobedience that is still working in, in, in folks that are not yet in God. Isn't that right? We had a life that was so different. But you see, when we get born again, we got what? A new life. And it's new and it's different from what it was before. So it's different. different. Amen? Hallelujah. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, Let us, verse 1, Let, us, let, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. The Amplified says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. Now, I do understand that, yes, it is appropriate for us to preach this at a funeral. That, that's good. Amen? I understand that. But we're not talking about, because I tell you, the biggest thing about this is, where death is concerned, we've done all the dying that we're ever going to do. It is about living. It's about living, and it's about living his life. And it is about living in that place that he's prepared for us and living from there, speaking from there, having our conversation according to heaven, having our conversation according to the blood, mm -hmm. having a conversation according to the new man. Mm -hmm. Amen? Having our conversation according to the gospel. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27, to let your conversation be as it becometh, what? The gospel. Which means let it be consistent. Let it be in harmony with the gospel. Well, of course, the gospel is good news and a lot of things that we do know the gospel is. But, but Paul also said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, that when God called me from my mother's womb, to what? To reveal his son in me, which is the life, Christ in you. To reveal his son in me and that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Preach who among the Gentiles? Christ in me. Amen? So he says, now walk, so Philippians 1.27 says that we are to walk upright 
correctly, accurately, according to the gospel, according to the truth that it is Christ in you. This is the life that you now have. So this walk, and it, the, all of the walking is going to be by faith. How do we live this life? It's going to be by faith. So we are to walk according to the reality of Christ in us. And so let your conversation be as it becomes in the gospel. Now when the scripture speaks about conversation, we're not just talking about talk. Amen? It is, it is your life. It is, it, is your, it is your conduct. It is your behavior. It is your speaking. It is your believing. It is your attitude. It is your actions. So then it is saying, let your, let, let your, your thoughts, let your thinking, let, which means that's why we got a mind of Christ. Let your thinking, let your speaking, let your believing, let your attitudes, attitudes of thanksgiving, attitudes of rejoicing, attitudes of, 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 of giving God glory. Let your attitudes and let it all, and let your actions, because faith working by love, let it all be according to the reality that Christ is in you. Amen? Because the question is, okay, I have this life. How do I walk in it? What does that look like? Well, to him that orders this conversation right. Mm -hmm. Orders his thinking, his speaking, his attitudes, his actions. In harmony with what? In harmony with this life that we have. And then again it says in, um, it says in, in um, regarding our conversation, it says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, that our conversation is in heaven. Are we talking planet? Our conversation is in that realm. That realm of the kingdom of God. That realm where we be raised up to. So it says then let's talk according to that place where we belong. That place where we are seated. If you be risen with Christ, set your affections where? Things which are above. Where your life is hid with Christ in God. So now this, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act, your attitudes are to be what? We are citizens of heaven. Yes. So our conversation is to be according to heaven. And then again in First um, Peter chapter 1 and among verse 18, 19 in that area, it says in the former days we had our conversation according to, um, this is not an exact quote, but the lust of the flesh and all of that bunch of stuff. But we've been redeemed, not with silver and gold, but with what? The precious blood. We've been redeemed from what? From that vain conversation. To what? To, know, to a conversation that is now consistent with the blood. So your conversation is to be according to the blood. What does the blood have to say? What does the blood say about your conscience? Has it been purged? So that you have no confidence in any dead work? But you have no confidence in any other way of salvation, any other way of approaching God, any other way of walking in fellowship with God, any other way of pleasing God other than trusting in what Jesus has finished. Everything else is a what? Dead work. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Amen? So that's what the blood says. The blood says, so the philosophy and all these other things, oh, no, 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 no. Our confidence is not there. What does the blood say? The blood says we make people sins. This is where you live. That's called walking, walking in love. And, and you can go on and on. Well, well, whatever the blood says, let your conversation, let your thinking, let your believing, let your speaking, let your attitudes, let your actions, let it be according to the blood. Amen? Now, since we're still in conversation, it also says in Ephesians chapter 4, from 22 to 24, it says, put off 
Strip off. Strip off the form of the conversation of that old man. Strip it off. Right? And, which, and, and even the whole idea of stripping it off kind of, you know, is like you, you got to refinish a piece of furniture. But man, you got to like scorch it, <laughs> you know, to get some of that stuff off. You know, maybe like with fire. <laughs> all right? Sand it and all kinds of stuff like that. Strip off that old man. Strip him off and be renewed even in the spirit of your mind. And then what? Put on the new man. Right? Put on a new man. Put on a new man with his conversation. Who is created after God in what? Righteousness and true holiness. So there again, it tells me how I'm supposed to think. How am I supposed to talk? How am I, what's my conversation to be like? It is to be according to righteousness. A holiness. It's according to the knowledge of the new man. Who after God, the Bible says in, in um, Colossians 3 and verse, verse 10. That this new man is created after the image of him that created him. And all right? And the very essence of his life is the life of Christ. All right, John chapter 14. <laughs> let us, so let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. There are many dwelling places. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? There are many dwelling places, places to dwell in my father's house. Let's pause on this dwelling place, this place where we live. This dwelling place. I like it. Say dwell. Yeah. Mm, doesn't that sound good? Now think about this. The Bible speaks about these mysteries that were hidden God from before the foundation of the world. Do you know what is the, do you know what the greatest of all those mysteries is? It's Christ in you. It's God decided, God had a plan before the foundation of the world. Right? That, that, that went once Jesus go to the cross and he's resurrected. And this was a secret. This stuff that wasn't get, didn't get revealed until after Jesus was resurrected. And here was the plan. God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to dwell in them. I'm going to what? Dwell in them. Jesus says, me and the Father, we're going to make our abode. And this is later on in John chapter 14, 21, 23 in that area. We're going to live there. So Jesus says, I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to go and prepare this place for you. And in my Father's house are many dwelling places. And if, I, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. A place where you can live, dwell. Glory to God. I'm telling you, we can stop right there. <laughs> and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again. And I'll receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Well, where is he? That's right. And he's at the right hand of the Father. He has ascended. We too are ascended. Amen. And we are made to sit together with him. Amen. In heavenly places. At the Father's right hand. Mm -hmm. And in that very place we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. This is where we live. Now the question still comes down to, well, how do I live this life? What is this life? It's the life of Christ. Where do I live? It's at the Father's right hand. It's this place of ascension. And how do I do it? By faith. How, how, by faith, which means 
And if I'm, I'm going to say by faith, we're talking about my conversation, we're talking about my lifestyle, we're talking about, I live this life by the faith of the Son of God. We're talking about my thinking, my believing, my speaking. Because what do we mean by faith? Well, we know from the, from the definition of, of faith of believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth, right? But we also know concerning faith that faith is the act, faith is effective and works and produces according to Philemon 6 when you do what? Acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. So how do we live this life? How do we live in this place? By faith. By acknowledging every good thing. By thinking, by believing, by speaking in accordance. By having an attitude that is consistent with these realities. That means we must also know what these realities are. We must know what are these things in heavenly places that we're blessed with. We, are, we must know what, what, what makes up this life. What are the parts of this divine nature that we got. Amen? And acknowledge them. Because, now here is, the, here is the, the, the thing about acknowledgement. You, without acknowledging the truth, it, the truth remains the truth whether you acknowledge it or not. Yes. Isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 8 that you, you can't do nothing against the truth but for the truth. Whatever the truth is, the truth is regardless of who believe it, who don't believe it, who agree with it, regardless of what philosophy or anything says, the truth is the truth. I but the truth, that. was that? That, amen. But the truth doesn't become your truth until you acknowledge it, yeah. until you make it your truth. Yeah. Amen. amen. I, I, like that, that verse of scripture, if I can repeat that verse just very briefly, Second Corinthians chapter um, one. Second Corinthians chapter one, reading from verse seventeen, but I'm heading to twenty. <laughs> when I therefore was thus minded, did I use likeness or the things that I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh? Is this something coming out from my head? Like, like, like where is this coming from, the things that I'm saying? Because with me there, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay, that there should be yes, when in fact I really mean no. But as God is true, our word toward you is not yes, but then we mean no. Uh-uh. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. It, it, was, it was always that divine yes. It was not a maybe thing. And then it says, for all the promises in, in God are yes, and in him, Amen. Now, all, are all the promises of God in him yes? Yes, yes? They are. All the promises of God in him are yes. But what if he didn't think so? Would they still be yes? Yes. yes. The promises of God are yes because the promises of God is the truth and that's how it is, regardless of what anybody thinks. Amen. But it will not become true to you or to me un until what? Until we agree with it. Amen. Until we take it. Until we bind ourselves to it. So for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. That by us. By me. When these promises of God that are true in God once it be once it is now by me then it becomes my truth for me. 
Titus 1 verse 1, the last part of the verse, is making that very same point. When it says that the acknowledgement of the truth is after godliness. Meaning what? The acknowledgement of the truth is what produces godliness. Is what produces the God kind of life. Not just the truth, but the acknowledgement of the truth. Amen? The acknowledgement of the truth. God has ordained that this is how it works. Titus 1 verse 3 says, God says, I will manifest my word through what? Preaching. I'm going to manifest it when you speak it. I'm going to manifest it when you, when, when, you, when you cleave to it. When you make, when you get it engrafted in you. When you abide in it and it abides in you. Jesus, that's what Jesus said. Jesus says, when you do my word, me and the Father, man, we're going to show up. Isn't that right? Praise the Lord. But I, I, I came to this verse here for you to see this fact that it is by us. We have got to make the truth our truth. The truth is the truth irregardless. But it doesn't become your truth until you take it as your truth. Right. Yeah. Amen? Because for instance, the reality of who you are is simply Galatians 2.20. Mm -hmm. You crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live, but it's not you. Mm -hmm. It is Christ that lived in you in the life you now live. You live by the faith of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Is that true for the, for the born-again Christian that just got born again two minutes ago? Mm -hmm. Is that true for the born-again Christian that don't believe in tongues? Mm -hmm. Is that true for the born-again Christian that, that, um, that, 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 that don't even... I mean, that, that, that probably don't even have a Bible? Mm -hmm. If he's born again, he has been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer him that lives. But it is Christ that liveth in him, and the life he lived, it is the life of Christ, and he lived by the faith of the Son of God. That is the truth. Yeah. But do you know if he doesn't know any of if he doesn't know that stuff? Truth as it is, it's not truth to him. Right. Can you see what I'm saying? Yes. Right? Which is and therefore that is why, and not only that, but you, we've got to we have got to have not just the revelation of it, thank God for the revelation of it, but we must possess it. <laughs> we must not just have the vision of it and the hope of it. And, and, and the excitement of seeing, oh, I can see it. Oh, because hope does that. And hope is good. We need hope. Yeah. Amen? Mm -hmm. But then, we need, we need, we need the, the hope sees the picture. The hope says, aha, this is what Jesus has done. This is what belongs to me. This is what, here comes the revelation. The light goes off. But now, I have to go further. I got to go, I got to get it. And so my faith now will agree with it. Will agree with what I see. That is why Habakkuk 2 verse 1, 2, and then later on verse 4. Right? Verse, verse, Habakkuk 2 verse 1 says, I'm going to sit upon the wall. Until what? Until I can see what he says. So that I know what I should answer. What I should speak. And then a few verses later, in verse 4, it says, The just shall live by faith. Amen? So faith agrees with God. That's what faith does. Faith is not so much, it's not so much for me to use my faith to get this or to get that. My faith is to please God. My faith is to acknowledge what is done. Amen? That is the reason why when you shift into Philemon verse 6, man, you come into such an accurate, um, what should I say? An accurate uh, functioning where faith is concerned, when you recognize that it's not me trying to get God to do this, or it's not me trying to get this or get that, but rather it's acknowledging what yeah. already is. Yeah. And that's when faith begins to work. That's when, it gets, that's when it becomes fun. Because that's the truth. That's when you get accurate. <coughs> Amen? 
Why are we why, coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Why? So that we know what is, what is done. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that, the importance of acknowledging. So anyway, so Jesus says, I go to prepare this place for you. And if I go, I will come again and I will receive you into myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know how, how can we know the way then? But Jesus said, I go. And, and he said, where I go, you know. And the way you know. Jesus had already told them several times that he was going to go to the cross. Did he not? Did he tell them that? Yeah. That's the way. The way is the sacrifice. The way to this place that he's prepared for us to dwell in is through his blood. And it is through his body. Yes. Amen? It is through the sacrifice. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10. Let's flip over there for a moment. Hebrews chapter 10. Because we need to know the life. We need to know the way. And then we need to know how to walk in it by faith. Mm -hmm. Amen? Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 19. I like verse, I like verse 18. Now where remission of these is, there is what? No more offering for sin. No more offering for sin. I mean, you may have wronged me real bad. But you know something? As badly as you wronged me, yes, you. <laughs> as wrongly as you, bad, as, as you wronged me. I can sit here and I can say, you know something? You, I am not going to forgive you until you come and ask me. Until you come and ask me, and you come and you come and you admit you were wrong, right? and 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 so on, and what you did, that's it. I'm not going to forgive you. What am I doing? I'm asking you for an offering. Mm -hmm. And this verse says there is no more offering for sin. Is that right? right? I have no choice. I have to forgive you. Yes. I have to remit your sin. Mm -hmm. right? Because faith works by love. And quite frankly, if I don't, my faith ain't gonna work. That's right. And if my faith is not working, I might have a problem receiving my own forgiveness. Right. Not because God has any problems with me and forgiving me. Mm -hmm. I've already been forgiven, you follow me? Yeah. But for me to walk in my forgiveness and to walk in that freedom, mm -hmm. man, I'm short circuiting my own faith because of my own unforgiveness. Isn't that right? Amen. Can you see that? Yeah. Can you see that? And so there is no more offering for sin. Anyway, that's that's by the way. <laughs> but verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. I mean, this thing has been done. There is no more separation. There should be no more consciousness of sin. For the worshippers once purged should have no more consciousness of separation from the Father. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter where? Into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new, by the, how do we get there? Through the blood. Yeah. By virtue of the blood. And all that it, it speaks and represents. By a new and a living way, 
and knew the living way which he had consecrated. I like the word consecrated. Which he had consecrated. The Amplified says which he had initiated and dedicated and opened up for us. It's like Jesus says, okay, this is how it's going to work from here on. This is how you can get in the holiest. Through the blood, and this is the new and living way that he's consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Remember that veil that is torn from the top to the bottom? That was symbolic of his flesh being torn. That was symbolic of him, of, of him being on that cross. That was symbolic, symbolic of him to be wounded and him being bruised and, and him hanging as a curse and all of those things. So by, by virtue of what he did in his body, communion, by virtue of what he did in his blood, communion, we have what? Fellowship. Common union. We have fellowship. We are able to enter where? Into the holiest of holies. And he says this is a new and a living way. It's new because it's not old. All right? This wasn't a way that, that they fixed up and repaired. This is new. Say new. new. This is a new way, but it's not only new. It's living. It is a place, and it's not living in the sense of being alive. It's probably that too. But it's certainly new, and it is a place wherein you can live. So he says, hey, I've consecrated this. This is where you now live. You now live in this place that is totally as a result of the sacrifice. Totally result of the blood and what I did in my body. Can you see that? How do I live in that place? By virtue of the sacrifice. Yeah. Faith, mixing faith with the sacrifice. <coughs> now, in fact, here, let's connect this up a little bit. Because I'm going to live in this place, I'm going to live this life, and I'm going to live in this place by faith. But I just said I'm going to live in this place by virtue of the sacrifice, through the body and the blood. Now, we've talked about this before, in that, which was a, a revelation I got a, a, not, very, not that long ago, where faith is confidence in the sacrifice. It's confidence in the sacrifice. Very quickly, where does that come from? 1 John 5, 4 says, Whosoever is born of God, whatever is born of God, overcome in the world. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. But then it says, this is the victory. Yeah, faith. What is the victory? Faith. faith. But then it also says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, Thanks be to God, which gives us, and that, anyway, thanks be to God, which gives us the victory, how? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Which gives us the victory by virtue of what Jesus has done. Which gives us the victory, what has Jesus done? Sacrifice. So we have the victory because of the sacrifice. But then we have faith. This is the victory. Put that together and you will see faith is confidence in the sacrifice. That's why you can quench every fiery dart of the devil with what? The shield of confidence in the sacrifice. Confidence in what he did in his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, shed blood, his name, his life, his promises. And not only confidence in what he did, but confidence in what he did with you when he did what he did. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now as we talk about, in fact, let me take this and make a little shift here. So, but before I make that shift. So you live in this place by faith. You live in this place by confidence in what Jesus has done. Because what Jesus has done is what puts you... To live in this place called the holiest of holies. This new place to live. And quite frankly, what Jesus has done is what gives you the very life you have. Because the life that you have, well, it's defined a couple of different ways. But 
century Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews 10 verse 14 says, by one offering, by that sacrifice, he has what? Perfected us forever. The spirit of just men made what? Perfect. Our spirit man is absolutely perfect, holy, righteous, without blame, without blemish, having the very nature of God, Christ himself as our life. So by that one sacrifice, he's perfected forever them that are sanctified. In other words, who I am came right out of that sacrifice. Amen? It came right out of that sacrifice. So for me to even identify who I really am, I got to look at that sacrifice out of which this new man came. Amen? Isaiah chapter 51 says the same thing. It says, look, you, you that are pursuing righteousness, you're after righteousness, verse 1 and 2. You want righteousness? You want to live in oneness with God? You want to operate in this authority? You want to be in this place as if sin has never been? Free from condemnation, insecurity, inferiority, guilt and shame? He says, if you want to, if you're pursuing righteousness and this is what you're after, he says, look, look, look to the rock out of which you've been what? Carved out. Well, which rock did I get carved out of? That's right. Absolutely. Look to that rock. Well, the Bible says, the Bible says, even your very identity is Christ himself in you, the hope of glory. Colossians chapter 3, verse, verse 3, 4. It says that you, you, are, um, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear. So what is this life? It's Christ. When he shall appear, when he is unveiled, then shall you also appear with him in glory. That's when you're going to see who you really are. You cannot know who you really are without looking at him. You've got to look to that rock out of which you've been carved. Can you see what I'm saying? Right? And, and, and um, so your very identity comes right out of that sacrifice. So yes, Hebrews 10, 14 makes an identification. What is this life? Who are you? Galatians 2, 20. Probably my favorite, probably my favorite verse. It's no longer you, but it's Christ that lived in you. And the life that you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. And it says in verse 21 that I do not frustrate the grace of God because if righteousness was by the works, then Jesus died in vain. Now, that's so interesting. Let me slow down on this here, okay? And you can check up on it and see the exact translation, but I'm referring to Galatians verse 2, verse 20, and, excuse me, and 21. All right. 20. I am crucified with Christ. You've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, but it's not you. It is Christ that lives in you. The life you now live is the life of Christ, and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. Wonderful, beautiful, awesome. Right? And then it goes on to say in verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Because if righteousness, it referred to verse 20 as righteousness. It referred to the fact that it's no longer you, but it's Christ living in you. That It referred to that as righteousness. So it says if, if that righteousness came by the law, by the works, then Jesus died in vain. What does it say? Jesus did not die in vain. And that righteousness came because of the sacrifice. Can you see what I'm saying? So if, if, if Galatians 2.20 is your identity, is who you are right now, no longer you but Christ in you, and that's your life, the life you now live is the life of Christ, then verse 21 tells us that, that, it, that, it is, that your very identity comes out of the sacrifice again. Amen? 
And, he, and Isaiah said that, and da 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 so, so, so how then do I live that life? By faith. Got to be by faith. It's got to be by faith so that it could be by grace. No faith, no grace. And then guess what? Faith works by love. Right? No love? Faith short circuit. Now about it? Faith, hope, and love. These three. And the greatest of these is love. Hope. What it is you've been born again to. What it is that, that the father had in mind. What he has envisioned. What he sees. What he knows is finished. What he did, The confidence and the expectation that he has based on what his son has done. And based on who he has made you in him. And based on what he's already spoken concerning you. Hope. And when we get a hold of that hope. That living hope. Then here comes faith. I see it. I agree with it. And then here comes love and gets it done. Can you see that? All right. Now about the faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these. So this light then, Colossians, tell me the Colossians chapter 2. So you can see the way. You can see where, it is, where is this place that we're living in. It's this new way, this living way. It's a place to live. It's a place that you access through the sacrifice. In fact, in fact, I'll tell you something else. Not only do we access it by the, by the sacrifice, but we live there too. There's a verse of scripture in the last verse of um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Whatever the last verse in, in chapter 1 is. Um, I don't know, verse 22, 23, somewhere there. It says we stand by faith. Right? The last verse. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith you stand. Well, if faith is confidence in the sacrifice, it says then, by confidence in the sacrifice, that's how you stand. That's how you remain firm. By confidence in what Jesus did in his death, what he did with you in his death, by what Jesus did in his burial, what he did with you in his burial, what Jesus did in his resurrection and a new life that is yours as a result of his resurrection, what Jesus did in his ascension when he sat in the Father's right hand and what he did when he raised you up together with him, and then now what you do, what you do to now walk as his, as his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to now walk in the works that he had prepared for you to walk in. How do I do that? Well, now that I'm here, so where? At the Father's right hand, seated in Christ. From that place now, what do I do? Bam, here comes the blood. Here comes my toolkit. Here comes the blood, and I apply that blood. I apply that blood to my conscience. Purge from every dead work. No other confidence in nothing else except what Jesus has done. I apply that. I, apply, I, now, I, now, I now evoke the name. That's part of my inheritance, the name of Jesus. Now I'm no longer begging and pleading. I'm commanding and decreeing. Because Jesus says, you believe in me, the works that I do, you're going to do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Because I've gone to the Father. I'm seated at the Father's right hand, and you are seated with me. And whatever you shall demand is your right in my name, I'll see to it that it's done. So the Father says in Isaiah, command ye me concerning the works of my hand. Ask of me concerning, um, the, uh, and I'll give you even the heathen for your inheritance. 
So that instead of now, we are in a situation where needs are there. <laughs> needs are there and yet they're not. <laughs> needs are there, but then how do we deal with it? We don't deal with it the way the Gentiles do. No, the way we deal with it is we function in righteousness. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We function in that oneness and these things get added onto us. But what happens when I function in righteousness? What happens when I start functioning like I'm one with him? When I begin to function like I'm one with him, all of a sudden, boom, here comes authority. Here comes the name of Jesus. And now I begin to declare. Now I begin to decree. Now I begin to call. Now I begin to release. Now I begin to command. Are you with me? And God is okay with that. Because God says, you have given you my mind. You now have the mind of Christ. So because you have the mind of Christ, God goes further and he says, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. And the way this mind works, it doesn't think it's robbery to be equal with God. What does that mean? To function in that oneness. I'm not God. You're not God. But we have his life. We have his name. We are seated at his right hand. We are his offspring. We are born of his spirit. He has given us a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. We have a spirit of authority. This is the mystery. Christ in you, the unsearchable riches of Christ. To the intent that all men might see what is the fellowship, what is their part in this mystery, what is this part in this life. This mystery that was hid, which was God coming and living on the inside of them. To the intent that now that we become awake to this reality, that God is on the inside of us and we can operate in oneness with him. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers are made known by the church, his body, the manifold wisdom of God. According to his eternal purpose, which he had already accomplished in Christ. Amen. So that the work that Jesus did, we are able to do also. And in so doing, make his enemies his footstool. These are the pathways that we are to walk in. But how do we walk in these pathways? How do we do these works? The name, the blood, the life, the great and precious promises. The great and precious promises are yours in him, but you got to take them. You got to take them in the sense that, remember, by us, it's truth, but it's only truth to you when you take it. So these promises, it says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, whereby he's given unto us exceeding great, I skip the verse, but anyway, whereby he's given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. That's right. And he's given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might what? Partake, we might take our part of the divine nature. Amen? We might take our part of the divine nature. Whether it be divine health or whatever it might be. So that these promises is not for me to try to get this or get that. Quite frankly, these promises are for number one, reveal what I already got. What's in that divine nature that is mine? And yes, it's like a key that will unlock that cupboard and pull it out. Can you imagine how vast the, the divine nature, what's in it? Every spiritual blessing. All that pertains unto life and godliness. Can you imagine how vast, how vast it is? The unsearchable riches of Christ. It would be kind of tough just going through there trying to find stuff. So you say, here are some promises. I'll tell you what's in there. I'll tell you what's in there. Healing is in there. 
deliverance is in there. And, this, and he gives you all these promises. What for? Not for you to not for you to get to tell you what you already got. And then all your faith works when you acknowledge. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then when you acknowledge and when you can take your part in the divine nature, it's like he says, look, I'm going to give you my promises. And I'm going to give you my promises so that you can act like me. So that you can manifest the divine nature. Glory to God. Amen? So he says, hey, you're going to let this man be you that taught it not what? Robbery to be equal with God. Amen? But made himself of no reputation. Oh, oh, wait a minute, man. Hey, come on, man. But my reputation is at stake here, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm concerned about how people perceive me. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be anybody's fool kind of thing. My reputation. But you see, the man of Christ doesn't have that. It makes himself of no reputation. Well, if you're dead, what kind of reputation would you have anyway? What concern do you have about your reputation if you're dead? Remember, the essence of the life that you have, it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lives in you. But that life begins in death. That's right. I'm crucified with Christ. That's right. That life begins with death. The life of Christ that you have originates and, and, and functions from this place where I'm dead. I'm dead. Jesus says, you can't have my life unless you lay down that life. Isn't that right? He says, you want to come after me? You want to be where I am? Right? Pick up your cross. So this mind of Christ doesn't make itself of no reputation, take upon himself the form of a servant, and became what? Obedient. Obedient to what? Obedient unto? Obedient unto? Obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. You mean this mind of Christ? He said, you got the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2 verse 16. We have the mind of Christ. So if you have it, let it be in you. Let it be in you then. You're righteous? Act like it. Do righteousness. You have the mind of Christ? Well, let it rule. How does it operate? It comes in not robbery. It recognizes this, right? It has no sense, of, no, no sin separation consciousness. It has no sense of, of, of reputation because the eye is dead. But what is it like? It's obedient even unto death. In other words, part of this mind of Christ is an obedience to I am crucified. That's why Paul says, I what? Die daily. That's why Paul says, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ. And to die is what? Gain. Amen? So again, so here is this life. How do I live this life? Well, it begins in death. So, and again, don't forget this life came right out of the sacrifice. So if we took time and we studied the eight aspects of the sacrifice, we would just be seeing more and more of that life. But just to look at the death alone where it begins. I'm dead to the world. Galatians 6 verse 14. Right? I myself am dead. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5 verse, 4, verse 14. The love of Christ constrains us. And this is what we judge. That if one died for all, then we're all dead. Well, that includes me. I'm crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. So I have to live from there. And it says you got to be obedient unto death. If you're going to have this life, you want to reign with me, you got to die with me. So I got to be obedient unto this thing. I can't let the world have a voice and authority. I can't let me have, uh, then we're all dead, that includes me. But then we're all dead, that includes you too. Mm 
<laughs> Amen? The mean then, you cannot, I, I should not allow you to manipulate me, intimidate me. I shouldn't be concerned about impressing you or anything else. I should be totally, completely free from you and you from me. Paul says in Galatians 1 verse 10, if I seek to be the servant of men, then I'm not the servant of God. If I'm seeking to do the will of men, Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 1, he says, arm yourself with this mind of Christ. Not to live for the will of men, but for what? The will of God. My meat is to do his will. Isn't that right? Can you see what I'm saying? Now, does it mean you, aren't, you don't serve people? Of course you serve people. The love of God is such that it serves. He that is greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. Of course. But you're not a servant. You're not, you're not there for their will. You're there for his. You understand the difference? All right. So this life begins in death. And if you could, there's so many other, and in that death, you see here, we're talking about this life. The Bible says this life that we have is new creation life. All things have passed away. Behold what? All things have become new. Which means by the body of Christ, history is wiped out. Yes. When I look in my spirit, I don't see anything about, I don't see anything but what I used to be. No. I don't see any identification or anything inside my spirit that says, Oh, this is how he grew up. This is what happened. This is his race. This is his gender. This is his education. No, I don't see any of that. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, he says, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He goes on to say in verse 7, this reality of Christ in you, this mystery, this hidden wisdom of God was ordained for your glory. In other words, the reality of Christ in you is the very thing that is going to be necessary for you to come to the glory, to the excellence that he has come to bring us to. He came to bring many sons to what? Glory. Isn't that right? And, it, and it's, it's connected up with this reality. We're still talking about the same thing, that life, that life of Christ. How do I walk in it? What is that life? In another place, it's, it's, it's again, let me connect them back with the sacrifice again. It says in Galatians, Romans chapter 6, reading from verse 3. Know ye not that of many have been baptized into Christ? Have been what? Baptized into his death? Tie died into his death? And that like as Christ, and, and therefore you are buried with him? You are buried into him and you are buried into his death? And the same way Christ was raised up from the dead, you ought to walk in the newness of life. I believe there's a little gap in there, if you don't mind. Like as Christ was raised up from the dead, so were you raised up also from the dead. And because you raised up from the dead, because you, were, you, you died with him, you were buried with him, you were raised up together with him, you ought to now walk in the newness of life. Amen? Amen? Amen. You ought to walk in the newness of life. And that's what was that all about. It's all about the sacrifice. What am I saying? I'm saying how we are to live this new life. And this new life, all things have passed away. The past is gone, but all things have become new. Now, if it's new, it wasn't there before. And everything that is within it, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18, says all things are of God. So the love is of God. The peace is of God. The joy is of God. The righteousness is of God. The holiness is of God. Every spiritual blessing is of God. Our sufficiency is of him. So now he says, now major in this stuff. Your faith is going to work if you begin to acknowledge it. Amen? May, you keep declaring. Don't forget, it's not yours just because you, you understand it. It's yours because you take it. How do you take it? Order your conversation. 
your thinking, your believing, your speaking, your action, or your conversation. And by so doing, you walk upright in the gospel. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, Romans chapter 6, there is no saying that this is how it works. You were baptized into his death, you put on Christ, and so on and so forth. This is who you are, is this new man. And, this, and 2 Corinthians says, this new man, everything within him is new, and everything is of God. And we are to acknowledge those things. Now, just, just, just to, to begin to close this. Colossians chapter 2. Now, Colossians chapter 2. And we saying the same thing over and over, isn't that right? I told you the first two sentences kind of wrapped it up. <laughs> it is, this is the life. This is where we live. And how do we walk in it? By faith. What is this faith? It's confidence in the sacrifice. It's believing and speaking. If you don't speak, if you don't believe, if you don't, if you don't have your conduct right, well, you then it, it's truth, but it's not truth for you. Right. Amen? Yeah. And so that's all we just, we just swinging the wagon around. Swinging it around, swinging it around, swinging it around. Colossians chapter 2 says, in verse 6, Okay. As you have therefore, no, the verse before, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. It's like Paul says, you know, I'm, I'm checking this stuff out. You don't know I'm watching you, but I'm watching you. <laughs> right? And I'm observing the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. I'm observing how steadfast you are in your confidence in what Jesus has done. I'm observing to see how steadfast you are in acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ. I am, I am observing you and I'm to see how steadfast you are in believing and speaking according to what is finished. Can you see that? And then he says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Well, how did you receive Jesus? We were saying what? By, by, by faith. By grace through faith. Not of works. So when it said the same way you have received Christ, that's how you must keep on walking. Well, it was by faith. So that it could be by grace. Well, that's how it's going to be now. It is by faith, so it could be by grace. Amen? Which means, you're going to walk this life out, you're going to live in this place by faith. But faith comes from what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And that's what you're hearing. You're hearing about that life. You're hearing about that place that he has prepared for you. You're hearing about those dwelling places. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How wonderful it is to even be a doorkeeper in the house. Hallelujah. I mean, this is God's house. God lives in here. Say, God lives here. Say, God lives here. Right here. Oh, glory to God. This is his dwelling place. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. How do we do this? We do this by faith. It is by faith. It is by faith. The simplicity of faith. Believing what is done. And locking your arms around it. Mm. Binding yourself to it. Mm. Ordering your attitudes and your speaking and your thinking and your, uh, uh, and your, uh, uh, and your believing. And, and, and this ordering your conversation around. And you know, it says in Philippians 3 and verse 20. 
Now when you order your conversation according to heaven, and, and, and you got to discipline yourself not to think planet heaven, but think in that realm, in the spirit. But when you order your conversation according to heaven, you ask them, but eyes, this is where it came from. <laughs> when you order your conversation according to that, then Jesus, for where we look, come on, you need to see this. Philippians chapter 3. Let's see this first. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3. This is a beautiful healing, healing passage verse of scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look. We're looking. We're not looking at the things that are seen. We're looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're looking to that, as to that, he, everyone that looked to that serpent. Even though they're folks, I mean, can you remember that story when they were yeah. being bitten by serpents? Yeah. Can you imagine what that was like? Oh. I mean, people are dying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody just lost a child over there. This other person is, ah, ah. I mean, this, all this is happening. And Moses, and God tells Moses quickly, uh, Moses uh, gave instruction to Moses, Aaron, get this brazen serpent and put it up on a pole. Mm -hmm. And everyone that look it, mm -hmm. and keep on looking, and continuing daring, mm -hmm. not being a forgetful hero, that continue looking, that man shall be blessed in all his deed, that continue looking, everyone that look it shall live. Mm -hmm. Now you have to do that mm -hmm. in the face of screams over there. Somebody, I mean, a little child that you know just got bitten. Mm -hmm. And all of this is happening wrong you. You got to keep on looking. Yes. You got to keep on looking. Yes. And if you do that, you live. Well, here it says, let your conversation be in heaven from whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Ephesians tells us, call him the Savior of our body. I think it's 523 Ephesians. He's Savior of our soul, Savior of our spirit, Savior of everybody. So our conversations in heaven from whence we are, we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change, say change, change. shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. How does he do that? According to the working, whereby, the Amplified says, according to the working by exerting that power which enables him even to subject everything to himself. King James, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. Now think about this for a moment. Here is a picture. As your conversation is lined up with the way it is in the spirit, calling those things that be not as though they were, acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ, holding up that shield of faith, having confidence in every aspect of the sacrifice and what he has already done. As your conversation is that way, looking not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. And you have that expectation, looking for the glorious appearance, having that expectation of his manifestation. 